episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Christine Steimer. Hello. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and Miss Brittany Brumbacher is here. Hi. That was, uh, I mean, that was great. I kind of was hoping you'd keep going. <laughs> I was thought about going longer that I saw both of your faces and I was like, I, I guess I'll stop. I could have taken no, a I nap. liked it. I was into it. Okay. I just didn't know what was happening. I, so you I was were like, just both uh... shocked. So I was like, oh, well, okay. Maybe it was okay. too much for their little hearts. <laughs> maybe it was um but welcome to the show everybody whether it's your first episode or your 114th episode <gasps> we're glad that you are here with us on what's good games to talk about what's happening in the world of video games we all were actually together last night at a top secret event playing a video game that we can talk about in a couple of weeks actually uh, it's a little bit before we can discuss what we played last night, but we had a good time doing it. It was so good. It good does time. mean though we're all a little sleepy. Right I there. yeah, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm a little dead. But I just remembered a few seconds ago while one of you were talking. Oh, it was because I grunted because you said we're in episode 114. I was half asleep on the airplane, and I had this weird half asleepy dream that some woman who I don't even know who she was told me that her favorite game was Ocarina of Time. And I grunted in approval. But the problem was I actually grunted <laughs> in real life in the airplane. Oh, and I forgot about that. And I was re- I just got really embarrassed about it. You know, when like you do you ever do that? Well, Steimer, I know you do that because you've woken me up before talking in your sleep. But, but- I feel oh. well, granted, I sleep alone, so, like, I don't know if I ever do that, because it would just be me and I'd be talking to no one. But, like, you're the only person that's ever said anything that I've been taught, that I've talked in my sleep. So I feel like when I, when I sleep with you, I'm much more of an active sleeper when I sleep next to Brittany than other people. I have that effect on women and men. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but no, I just realized that I grunted in the airplane. I don't think anyone heard me, though, because planes are loud, but I I was very embarrassed. Right, no, I do, the, I do the spaz out sleep thing on planes, and that's what's embarrassing. Or are you like Twitch? We're like, we're like, I fall asleep, and then I feel like a jolt of panic in my body, and I just like spasm awake. Yep. I've and done I'm that. like, oh shit. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm okay. It's all fine. <laughs> yeah. Yes, indeed. Airplanes are great. Yes. Anyway, welcome Anyways. to the What's Good Airplane Show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How many airplanes? What's Good Planes, everybody? Um, but in, in fact, it's not what's good airplanes. It's what's good games. And we have a fantastic site I want to tell you about called patreon.com slash what's good games. If you go there, you can get access to fun tiers like the after hour stream, which is going to be happening 
not this weekend, but the weekend afterwards on Saturday, July 27th. Yes, we're going to be finishing until dawn. It's going to be a long, uh, 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 hopefully not a long time, a fun time. Uh, as Steimer said, it gets pretty crazy at the end of that game. So we're pumped for that. Of course, we also have the happy hour Q&A, which is open to all members of our Patreon community. And we are doing a fun little giveaway that is brought to you by our friends over at Polyarch. So you guys may know that one of our longtime producers of What's Good Games is Mr. Lincoln Davis. And um, he's been supporting us for a long time. And we are super appreciative. And we've talked about him before when we've done special VR segments. And he reached out and was like, hey, I have these really cool posters that were created specifically by artist Joy Ang for Twilight Garden, which was a new content drop for Moss. If you guys aren't familiar with Moss, it's one of the top-rated VR games of all time with more than 80 global industry awards and nomination. It brings to life a compelling, fantastical story in a way never before possible, and Twilight Garden is a brand new chapter for Moss, and it features the most adorable little mouse named Quill, and she goes on this really cool adventure. It was uh, nominated for a bunch of VR Game of the Year awards last year and won quite a few. Um, as we mentioned, over 80 Global Industry Awards. Uh, so this is a complimentary experience to existing gameplay, bringing additional environments, challenges, and storytelling to players. Uh, it's available on PlayStation VR, Oculus Rift, and S, Oculus Quest, HTC Vive, and Windows MR platforms. And that update happened back in June. So if you guys missed it, we wanted to remind you that it's out. Um, Josh Stixma, the principal designer over at Polyarch, said, The Quest meaning the Oculus Quest, is a game changer for the VR industry and something that we've been eagerly anticipating as developers specialize in VR. Its wireless head and tracking technology allows full immersion in another world. And of course, we've talked to you about our experiences with Quest. Both Brittany and I have gotten a chance to play with the Quest, and I have one at home. Steimer, have you tried the Quest yet? No, I don't have any VR things here. She doesn't like well, shit on her face. Well, um, that's... <clears throat> I'm going to leave that one alone. Um... But when you come to San Francisco for our streams at the end of the month, uh, you should try it out. It's super fun. So let me get to the whole point of this is that we have 15 codes for you guys and 15 signed posters. If you want an opportunity to try this game out and to get this beautiful poster, we have a photo of it at patreon.com slash what's good games. Head on over to that post. It's open to the public. So you don't need to be a member in order to see the post. And you just leave a comment. And say hello, say what your favorite thing about Moss is or what you like about VR. I don't care. Just, you know, tell us a bad dad joke, uh, whatever you want. And you'll be uh, entered to win. Then we'll randomly select 15 people from that post. Uh, you have until July 31st to enter, so until the end of the month. Uh, I do have to make the notification to you guys that you do have to be in the United States in order for us to ship that to you. So sorry to all of our international friendos. Or you just but need yeah. like a U.S. friend that will hold on to this poster for you. Mm. Yeah, or that. That works too. Mm -hmm. Again, patreon.com slash what's good games. And we'll have more of the details over there. And while we're talking about Patreon, uh, thank you to this month's producers, Tom Bach, Alex Rogopoulos, Ferris Ate, Muhammad Muhammad, and David Icolucci. And welcome to the Patreon community, Ben Voigt, Dynamo, Arturo, Hofstad, Urtia? Listen, Urutia. Arturo, Urutia. Ar Urutia. Ar Arusha. That's uh, how I'm saying it. I like it. it. 
It's perfect. Arturo, I'm sorry if I screwed your name up, but hopefully one of them got it right. Uh, Steve Saylor, Ooh. Aaron Gettler, Feel and Film, and Antonio de Donne. Antonio and de Donne. Antonio de Donne. They don't. I don't. Some, some, I'm bad. I'm bad with names. Anthony Didoni is what I'm going to say because it, it has a nice it, fluctuation to it. Anthony Didoni. Yes. I like it. Well, welcome, everybody, to What's Good Games. Without further ado, <laughs> let's talk about the news. This week, the news is brought to you by Upstart. As most of us have found out the hard way, getting into debt is easy. Getting out of debt is hard, especially if your FICO score isn't great. Thankfully, now there's Upstart.com, the revolutionary lending platform that knows you're more than just your credit score and offers smarter interest rates to help you pay off your high interest credit card debt. Now, most of us have struggled with debt at some point in our lives, like when I had just moved to L.A. and had no job, no apartment, but I sure did have a bunch of student loans I had to pay, and I ended up loading up my credit cards with all kinds of expenses. Of course, that negatively impacted my credit score. And I also had to pay crazy amounts of interest. And boy, I could have used a service like Upstart back then. Upstart goes beyond traditional FICO scores when assessing your credit worthiness. They actually reward you based on your education and your job history in the form of a smarter interest rate. Upstart believes you're more than just your credit score. So they make it fast, simple, and easy to check your rate in just a few minutes without affecting your credit score. The best part, once your loan is approved, most people get their funds the very next business day. The next day, you guys, that's super quick. Over 200,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards, student loans, fund their wedding, or to make a large per- purchase, like maybe coming to PAX West. <laughs> <laughs> Free yourself from the burden of high interest credit card debt by consolidating everything into one monthly payment with Upstart. See why Upstart is ranked number one in their category with over 300 businesses on Trustpilot and hurry over to upstart.com slash what's good to find out how low your upstart rate is. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes and it will not affect your credit score. That's upstart.com slash what's good. Upstart.com slash what's good. So ladies, mm-hmm. this week we're starting off our news block <laughs> with a story that I'm very personally attached to. Yes. Um, so let me go ahead and just get right into it. This write-up comes from gamesindustry.biz. Disney hires former PlayStation portfolio boss to head up games licensing. Disney has made a key appointment that should significantly boost its video game strategy, bringing in a former PlayStation exec into the fold. John Drake spent five years at the platform holder working on and eventually leading Sony's portfolio and content acquisition efforts. He announced his departure via Twitter earlier this month, and last night he revealed his new role as VP of Business Development and Licensing of Games at Disney. His main responsibility will be to, quote, help pair amazing developers and publishers with the best IP in the world, end quote. He said, I've been a Disney fan my entire life. Animation, live action, Pixar, and now Star Wars, Marvel, Fox, and everything else, question mark? It's an amazing time to bring those worlds to the games and interactive space. It's a wonderful team. It takes people to make the dream a reality. Drake and his family will be relocating to Los Angeles for the new role. Who's that? (laughs) Who's that? It's an interesting hire given the recent speculation as to whether Disney could increase its presence in the games industry. An investor suggested the company might be well served by acquiring Activision Blizzard, although said investor already owned $4.3 million worth of Activision shares. This report, however, prompted speculation from GamesIndustry.biz's own Rob Fahey, who 
posited that Disney needs more experienced game execs on board rather than an acquisition per se. Almost prophetically, Faye jokingly suggested that Disney should acquire Sony. Hiring Drake is probably a more sensible move. (laughs) Earlier this year, Disney CEO Bob Iger addressed the company's past shortcomings in the video game space, saying, We haven't been particularly good at the self-publishing side, but we've been great at the licensing side. So... As you guys are aware, John Drake is my husband, <laughs> and that means that we are moving to Los Angeles. Yeah, you are. Get Yay. your ass down here. Let's party. So this is super exciting. We announced it on Twitter earlier this week, and as I mentioned on Twitter and on Facebook, that means nothing is changing with the content of What's Good Games, except that Steimer and I will now be in the same room when we shoot yeah, the show. Yeah, it'll be great. It's very exciting, and hopefully it also means that the three of us will be able to get together more often since the studio will be based in Los Angeles, and we hopefully won't have to do as many remote streams, uh, particularly for our Patreon content. So we're pumped about that. Um, The move is not going to happen for another month or two uh, while we find a spot to set up shop in Los Angeles. But we're excited about the possibilities of collaborating with so many creators that live in the Los Angeles metro. Um, we got to see a few of them at the event that we went to, the secret event that we went to last night. And people are really excited for us to be having a studio space uh, down in SoCal. So super excited. Of course, it does mean, as I mentioned also, that I'm going to be leaving kind of funny which is sad and a bummer, but I hope to continue to work with them. If you guys want to hear more about uh, my involvement with Kind of Funny, what that means, uh, you can check out episodes of KFGD that happened this week because I talk about it there. But, ladies, do you have any comments or questions about this story? Um, I think this is a smart acquirement by Disney, and I think I think now they're going to have some really cool games because John's a cool guy and he has a good brain and a good job. <laughs> That's my professional analysis on this whole situation. Oh my God. Plus one. Plus one to that. No, this is that's exciting. It's a great analysis. I'm, but... Thanks. I, I are a professional. No, I'm excited. Um, I mean, I'm excited for this for multiple reasons. Obviously, congratulations to John and you. I know you've been excited to get to LA for a while now, and it's like finally happening, and you guys can do some stuff together in LA. I mean, you and Steimer, you can be in the same room. And like you said, maybe that means more, uh, more, you know, it's easier to do content now that two of you are in L.A., right? So yes. it's like, yeah, it's, it's going to be much easier. And it's going to be fun because it's been donkey years since we've all been in the studio together. <laughs> Don- okay, so donkey years means something that happened a long time ago in British slang. And I had to, like, figure out how the hell I was going to fit that into. <laughs> I like how you're like, I must do it. How donkey years. How? <laughs> <laughs> For a second, I forgot that you were working in that piece of british slang and i was like wait what did she say oh yeah girl <laughs> yeah i was like what okay got that off um, my my mental to-do list i did it cross it cross it off the list um just a little uh clarification um that john uh messaged later he will be working on licensing for Pretty much everything underneath the Disney umbrella except for Marvel. So Marvel Games has their own studio team and that does licensing. As you guys know, they worked with John on the Spider-Man PlayStation 4 game that came out last year. And they have a really robust team. They, of course, have a bunch of other games like Ultimate Alliance and Puzzle Quest and, um, of course, 
the Marvel's Avengers with Crystal Dynamics and Square Enix, which is um, coming out next year as well. So they have like a really robust team. And so they, Disney really brought him in to kind of build that out with all of their other IP. And I think it's so smart because Disney has some really amazing licenses that we've seen in games before. I mean, clearly, you know, Disney has been around for a long time, but they shut down their own game production back in, what was it, 2014? Is that when? No, 2015 when Infinity went offline. I'm not quite sure. I don't remember which year, but yeah. And they ago. pulled the plug, but that yeah. was really kind of like the end of it for them. And so I think it's smart of them to just work with existing developers who already have production pipelines and who have teams established. And then they're just like, hey, let's just work together on making cool stuff. But like, we're not going to make it. You make it. And we'll just, <laughs> and we'll just make sure you do it right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, um, I mean, it's smart. I'm very excited for him. I'm also excited. Mostly because I know I get to have my friends down here. Yay. Yay. It'll be fun. I'll eventually make my way down there. It's a slow process. Slowly but surely. (laughs) Um, I did tell him that um, if I'm going to do one like annoying wife thing about his new job, it's going to be like, yo, when can we get that uh, SNES Aladdin remake Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Can we get like a remaster or something? Who's who's up for the challenge? I, I don't even care. Oh. I'd still take the old game. Just fucking give it to me on a platform that's now. That's like, now. That's now. now. I don't want to like because I don't want to go back. I know it's available on other things, but no. Mm-mm. But no. At least you just got a new movie. Aladdin movie. It did. I did not go see it. I haven't seen. It I haven't either. seen it yet either. I've heard mixed reviews. Some people were like, it's really fun. Other people were like, it was super weird. Yeah. I feel like I even, I think what weirded me out about it and what made me go, uh, I don't think so, was seeing the clip on Twitter of the, um, fuck, which song is that? That one of the songs, well, God damn it. I'm like, I'm super blanking. My brain is like really, really tired. I'm so it, sorry. It's mushy. But it was basically a, one of the songs. Like when they're coming down, he's Prince Ali. I was like, oh my God, what is what's wrong with my brain right now? Um, but that song, and it just felt real weird. Like the cartoon obviously has so much more life into it, even though there's technically more life in the live action because there are live people doing it. Mm. But it just felt real odd. I was watching it. and I was like, there is something super off about this. And I don't know what it is. I think that's but, actually been one of the complaints to you about the we're going down a, a weird path here. But the Lion King movie, <laughs> the, uh, the new Lion King, yeah. Because what I was going to say is, hey, at least you got the new Aladdin movie. I want to see the Lion King remake. I'm like, hold on, we just got a Lion King movie because yeah. the Lion King Super Nintendo game was one of my favorites growing up. Yes, the Lion but, King yeah. is great. But you know, it's hard because uh, realistic animals don't really have a lot of facial expressions, especially lions. So you know, it's, they're like, I'm lion, Grrr. Like, Exactly. Father, <laughs> wake up. <laughs> Dad, wake up. Dad. Dad. Okay, let's move on. Okay, next story. <laughs> <laughs> Did we mention that we're all a little delirious? I think we mentioned that. Um, this story comes from Polygon. Steimer, you want to read this one? Sure. No Borderlands 3 crossplay at launch. This is coming from Polygon. Uh, so Borderlands 3 will follow in the footsteps of its predecessors with its focus on co-op gameplay, but 
The modern push for all platforms to play nice together won't be reaching Gearbox's shooter in time for launch, according to a new statement from studio president Randy Pitchford. Back in April, Pitchford tweeted that the team has, quote, a very keen interest in cross-platform play. But a new tweet from Pitchford confirms that the interest wasn't quite enough to get the feature into Borderlands 3 for launch. Uh, I assume this is the Pitchford tweet in here. That is the tweet. Great. This is, our, this, is the, this is the tweet in question. Some folks... Maybe speculating that this thing tomorrow may be about crossplay. Tomorrow's thing is awesome, but not about crossplay. But good news! We are committed to supporting crossplay for Borderlands 3 with our partners as soon as practicable. Practicable? Wait, that's a weird word to say. Practicable? Practicable? Is that, uh, is that a real word? After I didn't launch, know that was a word. Uh, I think it means maybe as soon as practical. <laughs> like as soon to as it Google is practical. Machine. Yeah. Like what is No, practicable uh, it's is a, a word. It's an oh my to God. be done or put into practice successfully. Jesus, what a weird ass word no that one ever says. Um, but there you go. <laughs> Today's vocabulary lesson brought to you by Randy Pitchford. Um, a representative from Borderlands publisher 2K was able to confirm this information to Polygon putting a further nail into the coffin of crossplay and Borderlands 3 at launch while reiterating the team's commitment to supporting crossplay at some point in the future afterward or at some point afterward. It's a shame given the recent push for games like Fortnite, Dragon Quest Builders 2 and Minecraft, all of which offer multiplayer across platforms. We'll have to wait and see whether Borderlands 3 is able to follow suit after release, which will be September 13th on PlayStation 4, Windows PC and Xbox One. Hmm. This is a bummer, for sure. I, like many of you out there, and like you ladies, are very much looking forward to Borderlands 3, and it really thrives in co-op, and not having cross-play at launch isn't surprising to me, but is definitely a bummer. It's a sad, but yeah, exactly, not surprised, because like, those deals need to time to be worked out. Yeah, when he says, but a, a new tweet from Pitchford confirms that interest wasn't quite enough to get the feature into Borderlands 3. What is? What do you think that means? It means like, oh, that sounds like a good thing, but oh, hey, contracts take time. Like, to me, that's what it, it, that means. Yeah, because like, uh, the interest is there, but it's, it sounds, yeah, okay. Like, you have to negotiate this shit. The song right. is like, we're interested in doing it, and everyone's like, okay, like that. that it's not currently how I believe that that works. So. so basically what he means is, but Pitchford confirms that, and this is my word, contracts are hard and difficult and negotiations take a lot of time. Probably. Wait, wait, yeah. what? Yeah, I mean. Because, okay, okay. Yeah. You confused yeah. me with the with saying you're quoting Randy Pitchford, but really you're quoting me. Oh, well, yeah, wait. sorry. I don't know <laughs> <Yeah>. what's happening. <laughs> yes, uh, br- I understand what you're saying, Britt. Yeah, Thanks, so girl. he can't. If they are indeed working on crossplay and it is a negotiation per whatever marketing deal they may have with whatever platform they made it with, um, he probably does just need more time. Um, also, crossplay, while fun for a game like Borderlands, not necessary for server populations as it is with several of the other games that are launching with crossplay this fall, like Call of Duty Modern Warfare, for example. Uh, because there is no like large player base that you need to pull from for matchmaking because it's just a co-op game. It's a PvE game, right? And uh, Gearbox has always maintained that they have no intentions for PvP at any point in Borderlands 3. So I hope that they add it down the line just because it would be fun to be able to like bring my character between my consoles or to have this cross-progression. You know, like I think Destiny is planning to... Uh, implement I think between PC and PS4 did they announce that maybe I'm confusing Destiny with a different game 
I know Fortnite does that. Some other D Paragon game. Did that. <laughs> yeah, I think division? you're right. <laughs> I would love it if it did in the division. Uh, well, I was I just like wondering what, what other D game you could be thinking of. <laughs> I don't even know if it's a D game. It's, oh. just a sh- it's, a, it's a shooter. Uh. Um, so, and I'm sure one of you out there is listening to the show going, Andrea, it's this game. Um, so I apologize if I screwed that one up. But again, not surprising, but a bummer. But doesn't make me any less excited to play the game. Yeah, you're right. Destiny's getting cross-save support, Xbox One, PC, PS4, and Stadia. Yeah, but Stadia Stadia's not getting that at, at whatever. I remember there's a whole lot big stink. No. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they're not getting it at launch, but they announced it on the Stadia press conference before E3. LOL. Um, okay. Next story, Brittany. Yes! Ha. All right. New Nintendo Switch model with longer battery life announced via IGN. Nintendo and this had- is not the Switch Lite. No, it's it's all coming to fruition. Nintendo has announced a new version of the original Nintendo Switch console that offers longer battery life. The new version of the console, as shown on the Nintendo website, will offer a significantly improved battery life. The new version is said to offer approximately between 4.5 to 9 hours of battery life compared to the 2.5 to 6.5 hours provided by the current model. Nintendo notes that battery life is dependent on the game being played. An example is offered in The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which can run for three hours on current Switch hardware and five and a half hours on the updated console. The recently announced Switch Lite has an expected battery life between three and seven hours, putting it at a midpoint between old and new versions of the original Switch design. Switch hardware units with the model number HAC001PREN01NPREN and serial numbers beginning with XKW will have the extended battery life. (laughs) The new versions of the Switch, which can be easily identified by the bright new by the new bright red packaging, will be available from mid-August in the U.S. in both gray and blue red colors. The new model will go on sale in the U.K. in September, according to a Nintendo statement sent to Eurogamer. And then we have the new Joy-Cons that were just announced. So this is, comes from Kotaku, and the new Joy-Cons will come in two colors, the somewhat less impressive blue-neon-yellow combo, and the actually hey. super great neon-purple-neon-orange mashup. And these Dude, are if retailing- I could take the purple and the yellow and put them together, I would. Yeah. Well, uh, hold on. The Joy-Cons will retail on October 14th for $80, per usual. But yeah, you're right, Samurai. Someone actually did a Photoshop, and they swapped the colors, and they look so much better the Dude, other way. Dude, blue and orange are complementary colors. Like, yeah. Why would you? Why? Why are you doing this? I think the purple and the orange is supposed to be a tribute to Wario. Maybe. Because that's like Wario's thing. But yeah. Well, the- they also didn't look at a color wheel for him either. But that's not my fault. <laughs> Listen, you don't have to sell me on purple and yellow. Obviously, we love purple here at What's Good Games. But purple and yellow are my Vikings colors. So I would have been all about this. What they really need to do is allow people to mix and match the Joy-Cons. Yeah. Yes. Um. Or better yet, implement a system like Xbox does with their color lab and let people customize their Joy-Cons and pay a premium to customize. People will pay even more than that absurdly expensive price for the Joy-Cons if they could highly customize them. I, I mean, there's a lot of aftermarket yeah. for that. Of colorware. Like there's, there's colorware, there's Etsy, there's a bunch of others. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Nintendo printed and shipped hardware that I can buy direct from Nintendo. Yeah. I mean, I again, at the very least, give me the option to be like, here are all of the right hand joy colors like that that are currently exist in production. 
Here's all the left ones. You could pick whichever ones you want and make your own bundle for 80 bucks and ship it to me. Great. Like I would do, even though that's still stupid expensive, I would do it because I am a sucker. Or what we need to do is just get a thread going on the What's Good Games subreddit about everybody who wants to trade Joy-Cons at PAX West. Oh, my God, a Joy-Con swap. (gasps) And we can do a Joy-Con swap. I actually really like the idea of that, of like a (laughs) fun little thing. Instead of trading Pokemon cards, now you're trading Switch But you got to make sure, in the words of Andrew Renee, you don't get hoodwinked and get a a funky-ass left Joy-Con. That's true. They need to be all tested on site. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course. Well, preferably you buy an unopened Joy-Con box from the retailer of your choice, and then you bring it unopened to the Joy-Con swap, and then everybody can open them at the same time, knowing that they're all brand new Joy-Cons. Doesn't we don't mean want, they we work, don't want no used yes. Joy-Cons up. Yeah, in the don't get your swap. germs all up in my business. Yeah, you don't want. <laughs> I don't know what you've been stands. doing with that Joy-Con. Oh, girl, I can name a few things. Um, this is. Nintendo, I love Nintendo. I know I said this a million times. They just, again, march to the beat of their own wonky ass drum. And now they just randomly decide to announce, oh, we got a new Switch model, the longer battery life. Oh, the Switch Lite. We're going to stealth drop that bitch. Boom. These consoles are a thing. So, hey, cool. Good for you guys. I do not understand <laughs> why the Switch Lite, the on-the-go Switch does not have the most battery power of the switches that are going to exist in the world. Yeah, that's a little the, bit weird. This is the I dumbest think it's thing. Because like you're sacrificing weight? power for, for battery life. Like I don't know if like the only thing I could think is that it's weight. But I don't yeah, I don't know. It's kind of weird, but um Hold on. Switch light weight. Do we know? It's a little bit yeah, it weighs less. Oh yeah, sheds a little bit of weight. I doubt anybody will care about a little bit of extra weight if it means two to three hours of more battery life. True, but I will say, um, so when the, going back to the Vita days, I had the OG fat Vita um, Mm -hmm. and with the OLED and then eventually Greg got the newer, shinier, like slimmer one. And I was like, there's no reason for that. Mine's not that heavy. And then I tried his and I was like, shit. This is infinitely more comfortable, even though it is on paper. You look at it and you're like, that won't make a difference. But if you are carrying something around and like holding it a lot in your hands, it really does. Now, granted, I haven't held the switch light, so I don't know if that's the case here. But just anecdotally, I did notice a massive difference on the different Vitas. Okay, so the Nintendo Switch Lite is 9.8 ounces and the regular Nintendo Switch is 14.1 ounces. Wait, say it again. 9.8 9.8 ounces is the Nintendo Switch Lite, and the regular Nintendo Switch is 14.1. So it's substantially heavier. I mean, however much five five ounces is. Not even five Where's ounces. Where's John Drake to do the math when I need him How to? much is like five ounces, roughly? Let's see. I don't what know. What weighs five ounces? I, I just Googled Wait. that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I so, only know things in pounds. I don't know things so, in ounces. I'm, pu- I'm pulling up my calculator. So give me those numbers one more time. Give, the, give me the heavy one. What's the uh, heavy 14.1. one? 14.1. 14.1. Okay. And the other one? 9.8. Okay. Okay. It's about as heavy as a baseball. 
It's like 70% heavier. It's about, I think, nine tenths as heavy as a puck. Seven tenths as heavy as a hamster. (laughs) That's weird. Okay. Um, Okay. So, yeah, that could make a difference. So, hey. So, I I would imagine that is why the battery is not quite as good because it would, batteries are heavy. As I mean, you know, because okay. you carry around battery packs all I guess, the time. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. But I, I, I'm thinking about it, and it's like, listen, I'm not the strongest bitch alive. But, like, the Switch itself, I hold that thing <laughs> all day. Like, when I'm traveling, when I'm in it, I never think, oh, this is so heavy. You know, it's never been an issue, especially for the, the length of the battery that it does last. But maybe that's a really important thing. I, I Again, would prefer that's, to that's have That's what I'm saying. I, did, I didn't think I needed it either. And then I tried the lighter one. I was like, oh, this is nicer. Now, granted, yeah, you've sacrificed things like battery life. So it is always a trade-off. Mm-hmm. I just, I, you made a very compelling argument, but it still does not make sense to me because that's fair. Yeah. you use battery life when you're in handheld mode. Yep. And so you're like, they're saying if you want to have the best handheld experience out there, you want to get the regular switch. You don't want the switch light. And now everybody that owns a Switch currently, like all of us, go, well, I guess the Switch that we have is, like, inferior now. What do I do? Like, sell the Switch and buy the new Switch just to get that extra battery life? Or do I say, nah, I don't really care? Like, this is just such a weird move. I'm just kind of, like, once again puzzled by why Nintendo chose to do their hardware like this. Because it would be different if this was like a Switch Plus or a Switch Pro and they were like, not only is it getting extended battery life, it's also getting a, a higher resolution screen for a handheld mode. It's getting faster processing. It's getting, you know, like we've eliminated all of the issues with the um, Joy-Cons and with the, the D-pads and the, and the joysticks. Like, you know, if they had come out with like a XYZ, like bullet point of why this new version of the Switch is better, I would have been like, okay. That makes sense. We all predicted this would happen. But if literally the only difference is that it has more battery life, I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah. No, it it is. It's a bit of it's it's a bit of a feels bad for anybody that's an early adopter. But that being said, early adopters always get fucked. (laughs) Like, yeah, that's just kind of how it goes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I also. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Britt. No, no. I was just going to say I, I, I wasn't going to say anything new and exciting. So go ahead, Simon. No. Now we're passing the baton back and forth in a really awkward hot potato way. Just not drop well, it. Well, listen. We drop can, that potato. We can just drop this potato and uh, talk about further plans for our Joy-Con swap at Pax West. <laughs> um, so I'm serious about that. We're, we'll 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 think we'll think on it. But um, yeah, let us know what you guys think. If you already have a Switch, or if you think that that ne- extra battery life would push you to getting this Switch versus the Switch Lite. I mean, no. Who who who's gonna be like? Oh my god! I've haven't bought a switch yet, but now because there's extra battery life, I'm gonna get a switch. I don't I feel mean, like that's... some people wait. No, anyway. I mean versus getting the switch light. Like if people had thought, oh, I'm ready to buy a switch light, but then like, oh, whoa, 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 this one has more battery. Maybe instead of the switch light, I want this one instead. It has, yeah. I mean, this isn't compelling enough for adopters early adopters like us to buy a new switch and this isn't compelling enough for people who've been holding off on a switch to get a switch i think maybe it's just better marketing for they were just like future we feel like upgrading this one thing here you go yeah random people who have not adopted this console yet but hey like it's good 
the, that they're improving the tech. It's just kind of a, we don't really see this happen, right? When was the last time a console released? And it, well, no, nothing because the consoles typically don't have just battery life that so you have to worry about. It usually right. comes with like a whole like suite of improvements, like Andrew was saying earlier. But you know, hey, and so it's an improvement and good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to shit on it. It's not a bad thing. It's just a weird way no, that they're going yeah, about it. Exactly. It's not a negative. It's just like, eh? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's going to be interesting to see how retailers deal with their existing Switch inventory and how they're going to maybe discount those Switches which have less battery life in favor of these new Switches. Oh, yeah. It'd be and shittier maybe- if they didn't and they tried to like... Because technically this thing is called the same thing and only informed consumers are going to have any understanding that they're different. No. Um, hmm. I don't know right? how this works, but can, yeah, Nintendo, no, can Nintendo buy those back from the retailers? Or I don't know how that whole process goes. Buying until end of consoles. Would they? Sure, but then they would have to, they would have a whole bunch of inventory that they would <laughs> be holding well, on And what to. do they do with those, right? Yeah. Hmm. Mm. So I feel like, I feel like the less morally inclined retailers <laughs> will just put them on the shelves right next to the other ones and try and move them all the same. Ah, yikes! So. That could be actually really bad. I didn't think about it that way before. I mean, like, listen, there's new packaging. Be, yeah, but that's clear, the, like, the thing. Nintendo Switch as is is a great piece of hardware, and it's we all love our Switches. But if there is a better piece of hardware that's the exact same price, it's kind of like a, well, mm, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Huh. So maybe they'll have discounts right before this comes out. Maybe they've stopped already purchasing inventory. I don't know. I don't manage a retail store right now. But there are things that hopefully they have been doing to make sure that they aren't just royally fucking everyone over. Well, that comes to buy a switch once this thing launches. We'll find out next month when the stories start hitting. Maybe exactly. Um, okay, let's move on, shall we? <laughs> we let's shall. Talk about, let's talk about Ubisoft. Ooh. So they have confirmed that. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> Let me read the full title here. <laughs> Ubisoft confirms full launch day lineup for its Uplay plus PC subscription service. This write-up comes from Eurogamer. Back in June, amid the hubbub of E3, Ubisoft announced that it was preparing to launch its own PC game subscription offering, Uplay Plus. At the time, a library of more than 100 titles was promised for launch, and the publisher has now confirmed the full list of games that will be available when the service arrives on the 3rd of September. A Uplay Plus subscription will cost you $14.99 a month. Uh, an official UK price is yet to be confirmed, but it also will be €14.99 a month. And it provides access to Uplay's full PC games library, which, as you'd expect, includes all of Ubisoft's blockbuster franchises, so the likes of Assassin's Creed, Watch Dogs, and Far Cry are unsurprisingly accounted for. Plus, all of the publisher's upcoming titles, like Gods and Monsters and Watch Dogs Legion. There's ample representation of classic series from Ubisoft's enormous back catalog, too, including Rayman, um, Splinter Cell, Prince of Persia, and The Settlers got a good airing, for instance, among the Steeps, Starlinks, and the crews of the world. (laughs) Um, I dropped a link in there if you ladies want to see the full list of games. 
All Ubisoft titles in the Uplay Plus library will be provided in their premium edition form where available, 4DR included at launch, giving access to additional downloadable content that would ordinarily be included in the top-end version of a game. Subscribers will also gain access to titles up to three days ahead of launch and will be automatically enrolled in any Ubisoft betas. Uplay Plus arrives on the 3rd of September, as we mentioned, and there's a free trial running from launch day until the 30th of September. So if you guys are interested in checking it out and you play on PC, you can uh, try it for free, I guess. So this is interesting. I remember when they announced this back at E3, and I was just like, oh, just add it to the subscription pile that everybody seems to be doing these days. But Ubisoft's legacy library is very impressive impressive if you like Ubisoft style of games. That being said, I can't help but think as somebody who's been a giant Ubisoft fan for over a decade now that I'm feel a little slighted being a console player that this is only available on PC. And like, if you're going to do a subscription service, why not make it available on all the platforms? You know what? I'm sad. It's not in here. Cats with a Z and dogs with a Z. Oh, girl. <laughs> Come on. Throw me a bone. Give me that some old it. ass video games. I want to play them again. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't have an animal in my apartment. Ubisoft, you saved my life when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> Those were the best games ever. We should they do were a so stream. Good. That's how I learned HTML. That. Yeah, now look at you. You're really? Stud. Yeah, because I oh, yeah. built That's a website cool. to manage a kennel for pets. Fucking so brilliant. Nerd. Yeah, nerd. Uh, that was um, the nerdiest shit I've ever done. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. Also, the price of $15 a month. Isn't Game Pass $9.99 a month? It is. Yeah, but, but then... Game, yeah. Yeah, Game Pass's legacy library for Xbox content, I don't think is this deep. This is a deep bench mm, of yeah. content. Ooh, so deep, deep bench, I, girl. I like it. And that. also, <laughs> the, the with live bundled is 15 a month, I believe, right? Yes, the Ultimate Game Pass mm. Plus. Yeah. Ultimate or whatever it's called. Yeah. Game Pass Game Ultimate, Pass Ultimate or something. Marketing. Marketing. So it's a thing. It's, yeah, it's clearly a different library, right? So Game Pass includes a lot of third-party games, whereas this is purely just Ubisoft games. And what I think is interesting is that it's like the, like they said, the top-end edition of these games and as you guys know like Ubisoft does a lot of DLC for their games and I've really enjoyed a lot of the DLC you know things like in the Far Cry universe the Assassin's Creed universe um uh you think about even um even like all the Tom Clancy stuff I look at like all the Rainbow Six stuff that's in there is 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 wild and so like, I think that this is definitely if you're into the titles it's a it's a good value again I'm just like I'm kind of bummed that it's it's PC only. And like the three days ahead of launch, getting access to titles three days early just because you got the PC subscription and not having like a comparable offering to console players is 
like I get why like my my gut tells me that this is clearly like a platform negotiation issue between Xbox PlayStation and Ubisoft right they just couldn't come to some kind of an agreement probably because Xbox has their own subscription pass and they and didn't want so to does PlayStation mm-hmm. but you know EA also has something similar to this you know like it, back when Anthem came out it was a really big deal that you had to be an origin player specifically um, or an EA Access player to get um, exclusive access. And even people playing EA Access on Xbox didn't have the same early access that people playing on Origin on PC did. And it was a big deal for me back then. And it still is like a big deal now. And don't come at me with your like PC Master Race bullshit. Like, <laughs> Never gonna happen. <laughs> this PC is designed for production and editing video and editing the podcast. It's not meant for playing games, <laughs> so it's not gonna happen. I mean, I, I, yeah, another subscription service to me. This isn't for me, but hey, I guess like you said, if you're into Ubisoft games, you go on with your bad self, and you got a nice PC. I just can't keep track of all these. I mean, I can, but then I guess like the question where I start asking the questions is: Let's say I want to play you know, a certain game on Xbox. So I get Game Pass. But then if I've also subscribed to like several other different subscription services for just only a few games, am I actually spending more money than I really need to? Because some of the games like bleed into each subscription service. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. Right. And so that's why I don't don't touch the shit. It's just too much brain power. Yeah. For me, it's it's we're hitting critical mass of like all of these subscription services because at some point you're just paying so much money and granted yeah you have access to a lot of games but how many of them are you realistically going to be able to play mm. um so that's just something that you you know obviously personally need to manage and figure out your own finances and figure out which one makes the most sense for you as a consumer uh but uh, i mean at the very least there's a lot of options for you at this point but to me True. <laughs> it's like there's so many options but actually humans don't like too many options no we, we like we like a small amount of options because then if there's too many, you just are you paralyzed get by choice. Yeah, like exactly. Me. Yeah. And that's where I'm like, nope, I'll just buy the single games I want. And I don't have to think about it. Probably cost me more money in the long run. But that's okay. Is it? Not it's like really. Going to, it's like going to the Cheesecake Factory and looking at that 20-page menu and going, oh, my God, what am I going to eat? Oh, you mean the same thing that I order every time I go to the Cheesecake Factory? That's right. Oh, yeah. The same thing we Amelette. eat every night, Pinky. Tuscan <laughs> chicken. No, I don't oh, eat Tuscan chicken. I was going to say three egg omelet. Do you think... I'm like, Tuscan chicken is my thing. <laughs> but I think it has mushrooms in it. I think, ladies, no. oh, what we I need to do... I'm thinking something else then. No, it has the Tuscan... I just had that the other day. That was really good. We need to turn What's Good Games into, like, the god of subscription services, where we handle every every single video game that ever publishes, and everyone <laughs> will just need to subscribe to our What's Good... Literally, What's Good Games. Oh. And, yeah. I see what you did there. Yeah, no bullshit. We'll make it super easy for you. It'll be great. Put all these chuckle fucks out of business. It'll be fine. Get out of here, you chuckle fucks. <laughs> I such a love fun your word. ambition, Brittany. It's- We're almost there, ladies. I can taste it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, speaking of Ubisoft, now, I don't... I might be too exhausted to even get into this story. Yeah. But I know if I didn't include it, somebody out there would be like, oh, excuse me, Andrea, you forgot this story. <laughs> um, so 
Just I don't like know that. what that voice was. <laughs> um, so Watch Dogs Legion fan compositions, completely voluntary, Ubisoft says. Uh, so this write-up also comes from Eurogamer. Over the past few days, what should have been a positive PR stunt for Watch Dogs Legion has evolved into a rather messy debate surrounding the exploitation of artists. The controversy began when Joseph Gordon-Levitt announced his company, Hit Record, would once again partner with Ubisoft on a community collaboration project, allowing fans to submit music contributions to Watch Dogs Legion, with winning compositions being awarded $2,000 for each song selected for inclusion. Since then, however, the initiative has received a significant amount of backlash on social media, with the main concern being artists are essentially being asked to contribute spec work, submitting examples or complete work without an agreed-upon fee. That's what spec work means. This means artists run the risk of composing work for the game, receiving no payment for their efforts should their chong, chong? Should their song not be chosen. Ubisoft's previous collaboration with Hit Record for Beyond Good and Evil 2, for instance, had drawn over 11,000 contributions as of November 2018. But it's unclear exactly how many of these submissions will be used and whether the artists have yet received any money for their work. Concerns have also been raised about the amount of money awarded to each artist as the $2,000 is split between all contributors for that particular song, meaning individual composers could end up with significantly less than the total figure. It also creates a messy situation regarding rights to the work, as noted by Jeff Ramos of Polygon last year. While artists retain the rights to their own contribution, the collaborative nature of Hit Record means individual composers do not own the rights to the entire piece, and the finished song becomes a unique product Hit Record owns the rights to sell. Of course, people are mad about this, and in response to the criticism, Ubisoft has now issued an official statement via its Watch Dogs Legion Twitter account. In that post, Ubisoft highlighted that the game will feature 140 licensed songs and an original score created by a team of professional artists and composers. The additional contributions, no matter how large or small, from anyone within the hit record community are completely voluntary and are meant to give them a chance to have their own creative expressions included in the game. Of course, this hasn't gone down entirely well on social media, with some users arguing that while nobody is forcing the artist to contribute, the project is encouraging a race to the bottom and preying on more desperate artists. Some, however, agree with Ubisoft's statement, arguing the initiative provides a good introduction to the game's industry for newcomers and hobbyists who just want to try their hand. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) Do you want me to pick up the rest from here? No, I don't think the rest is even worth reading um, because I think that's like the, the gist of the article. I just like... Uh, maybe it's because I've worked in a creative field for a very long time and I just maybe am against the grain of what other people think, but I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with what hit record is doing. Like literally zero wrong. It's completely voluntary. You decide if you want to sign up for, if you want to put the effort and the money in this idea of it being a race to the bottom is fucking hogwash. It's stupid. You need exposure as an artist. There's just too many people that want to create art, whether it's a painting, a piece of music, a student film, a YouTube channel, whatever it is, a lot of people want to be creatives. A lot of people want to work in entertainment. And the best way to get your um, pieces out there is a, a platform like a major AAA game like Watch Dogs. And I think the opportunity to potentially have your music or your composition featured in a game of that level and be able to use it as a credential as an unknown artist is phenomenal. And again, 
the key being here, voluntary. Now, I know that there was a lot of hubbub around how, how the monetization is going to work, and Ubisoft does need to be clear about that if your song does get picked, what you're going to get, whether that's them having an explicit agreement if your song makes up X percentage of the final composition that's chosen, your fee will slide based off how much of that percentage is chosen. But a lot of artists will tell you that it can get really that can get really tricky really quickly depending on how the songs are brought together. So that piece, they absolutely need to work out if your song is chosen for the game. But it is not unusual at all for a company like Hit Record to own the rights to that song after you've submitted it and it's used in a project. We here at What's Good Games have worked with companies and gotten paid for our work, but then we don't own the work app. Own the, own the work afterwards, the company that we worked for owns it. That's a very standard practice in entertainment. I think doing what we do, we do have that, you know, where we, we have hustled and we have worked for so hard. And we have done things for exposure and we've done things for little or no pay to get to where we are. And if there's an opportunity like this, like you're saying, to get your name out there and to get your work out there, it's a voluntary thing. You will get paid. Like you said, it does need to be clarified. But hell, like this is an awesome opportunity. If and if you're so turned off by it, just say like, nope, not for me, and step away. Because when you're just starting out, you're not going to command the top rates. You know, you have to prove yourself and you have to get your work out there. And this isn't obviously for people who have their own music production companies or you know whatever. The professionals of the world are not going to be applying for something like this because you know they're the ones who now have the salaries and the and the big contracts and they're getting paid the big bucks, but. It's. I'm with you. I, I don't see anything wrong with this. I think this is a good way for people to, you know, get their foot in the door. And as long as they're not being deliberately screwed over when it comes to the payment scale, and I guess that remains to be seen, like, hey, cool. Do it. Live your best life. I can sing, and I can... We, what's good songs? We can, we can be one of the songs on the radio station as, like, you're cruising around, you know, Watch Dogs, and I can be, like, Muppeting. And then Andrea can be beatboxing, and then Stammer can be like singing or some shit. Yeah, no, I think they'd charge us for that submission alone. <laughs> <laughs> they'd be, they'd like, be like, actually, you, actually pay us. you owe us because we wasted our time listening to this. <laughs> well, shit. <sighs> but hey. yeah, I mean, I see both the positives and the negatives of something like this. Like, I do obviously art um, is a very tough industry in general, and. There's always a lot of people on the internet looking to exploit artists. Mm -hmm. I don't, I really don't believe that this is intended to be purely exploitative. Of course, there is a little bit of it in the sense like you probably aren't going to get paid a lot for this. But as we said, this is really meant for people who are kind of maybe more hobbyists and or dreamers out there thinking that they could do this or they want to try it. But it's not like your full time job doing this thing. Um, because if it is, then yeah, I could see why you'd be like, this is bullshit. Because <laughs> like you're already getting paid work other places. Um, so then it, then it really is entirely up to you. I do think $2,000 seems maybe a little low for a licensing fee. And a split among everyone, right? And a split right? with everyone. Yeah. I think the number maybe needs to be bumped up or there needs to be some sort of like... Uh, points i don't know whatever like depending on how often it gets heard in the game whatever maybe you have a sliding scale i don't know how it works but i think they do need to maybe revisit payment and see exactly 
what number feels correct and less like, hey, we could just... Because I think what a lot of people look at when they see something like this is the knee-jerk reaction of, oh, they think they'll just get a bunch of, like, worker bees to do all this shit for a lot less money, and therefore it will reduce costs on them and effort and all this stuff. And, like, that's not really... No, I'm calling bullshit on that. Like, I'm calling bullshit on people on the internet who are saying that because this is Ubisoft. They are a multi-million dollar company that spans the globe. They don't need to catch a break on the composition fees for one of their tentpole AAA releases. <laughs> like, it's like they don't need to use the community to help subs- uh, subsidize the fees to develop this game. They are doing it because of the whole concept of what Watch Dogs Legion is. Like this idea of like anybody can be part of DeadSec and like, well, let's bring the community together to have people from all over the world submit their art to be part of this game and have it be this really cool community-based thing. I mean, they got 11,000 submissions for Beyond Good and Evil 2 even after all of the controversy at E3 when this was first announced for Hit Record back then. And so it's like, clearly there's literally tens of thousands of people who are willing to participate, which is obviously why they brought it back, right? Like, it's why they're like, hey, hit record. Clearly, this was a hit. A lot of people wanted to participate. We were, you know, with the terms are almost the same. And so let's bring it back for Watch Dogs. I know maybe, I'm not mad at you, Steimer, by the way. I I know that you're, I know that you're probably just like, hey, this is like what people are discussing, what they think. I guess I'm just angry about it (laughs) because I know how hard it is to to get a to get a break. And I did a lot of really shit jobs and I worked for free a lot before I could start to get, you know, anybody to notice me because that's what you have to do. Like you have to build a resume, you have to build a reel, a portfolio, whatever your, you know, demonstration of your work is for your selected medium. And I think that this is such a cool thing. And I just, I don't know, I I will be hard pressed for somebody to make a compelling argument to me as to why this is bad. I would also say, I think um, if you're trying to say that they're doing this for like a quote unquote easy way out, doing any project like this is a fucking crapshoot, right? Like you don't even know if you're going to get what you need and you have to go through everything like. I know that they're going through hit record, which is probably handling a lot of like the legalities around it, which is helpful, but it's still like, it's still more work. It is more work for them probably to do this than it is for them to be like, you know what? We're just going to fucking license all of these songs that already exist. And I don't, I guess what I don't understand is what would make those who think this is unethical and not good happy. Would it be a larger dollar amount? I mean, you can't possibly expect every submission to receive some form of financial compensation. Like that's not how the world works. And if you're trying to build your resume, 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 anyway, <laughs> resume, uh, you know, you, you have to make work and you have to put in the hours to make pieces that you can shop around. So if you're yeah, doing so that at the anyway, very least this can be part of your portfolio. Yeah. Yeah. I would be really interested to hear from someone who is, you know, who really has an issue with this and hear like, why? Yeah, I think, I mean, granted, just based on when, uh, when Joris. Joseph, <laughs> when Joseph, Joseph, uh, when Joseph Gordon Lovett <laughs> came out on stage, I initially had that gut check reaction of like, "What the fuck is this?" Because they didn't get into the details they really needed to at that time of like, 
here's why we're not totally fucking over all the art these artists. Um, so I think maybe hopefully it's just something a little bit more like that where they maybe didn't learn as much as they could have from that first announcement and they can maybe go into the details a little bit more of like, no, no, we are trying to take care of everybody who wins and like, but yeah, we can't, we can't reasonably play, pay 11,000 people and their work maybe isn't good. Like, so I guess if we did our Muppeteering group, you know, right. you have to pay us because we Ubisoft, give you work. <laughs> yeah, Ubisoft is uh, large dogs turn that shit around on us. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so there you go. There's those the are thing. our thoughts. Yes. Also, there is a game announced that I just want to briefly bring up because a lot of folks tweeted about it to what's good about Andrea and Simer. A game called Hundred Days. It's about a winemaking sim. Oh. Yes, it's coming soon. It's being developed by Broken Arm, Broken Arms Games, and I just wanted to bring it up because I saw all the tweets. And apparently, yeah, it's, it's a you have your own vineyard, and you have to do all the things that go along with winemaking, deciding how long things age, what grapes to mix together. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but there you go. That sounds cool. I'm down to check out a winemaking sim. Yeah, girl. Yeah, get those grapes. Is it out now? No, it's it just says coming soon. I think it was just announced a couple days ago. You can cultivate different types of wine, analyze the soil, and choose the grape variety that best suits those characteristics. Organize work in the vineyard, such as pruning and chipping. chipping Oh, yes. Love a good chip. Protect your vines through treatments. Check the state of ripeness in the grapes. That sounds stressful as hell. Select the yeasts. Select the yeasts. Ooh, champagne. Mm. Now I'm thirsty. Speaking of being thirsty, maybe it's time that we head into our first break so we can all get a beverage. Uh, thank you so much for that info, Brittany. I will definitely check out that game. And thank you to whoever wrote in to let us know. You know me. I've got a wine problem. <laughs> I've also got a Lego Tower problem, which we're going to talk about in the next segment. <laughs> uh, stick with us, everybody. We'll be right back. Good everybody and welcome to the What's Good Games podcast segment number two. This is where we talk about what we've been playing. And this week, I've been playing a lot of mobile games. <laughs> Before we get to that, though, we need to tell you that it's brought to you by Earthbreak. So ladies, have you ever wondered what you'd do if you found yourself in the middle of a post-apocalyptic world that has been ravished by a deadly virus inflicted by aliens? Yes. All the time. Or maybe you're just looking for a unique date or game night that gets you off your devices and truly interacting with each other. Who am I dating? (laughs) Me soon, girl. There you go. Thanks, Andrea. You saved me on that one. You've got to check out this (laughs) game called Earthbreak. It's all about immersive experiences, and they just announced the launch of their new post-apocalyptic themed subscription box. Earthbreak is a sci-fi game where you are a survivor on a rapidly dying Earth that has been inflicted with a deadly disease. With Earthbreak, you will receive your box of clues, physical items, and evidence each month. It's up to you to piece it all together and solve the mystery and save humanity. So here's the plot. You find refuge in a government bunker, but is it safer than the outside world? Can you trust your fellow survivors? You think you're safe now that you found refuge, but there is a council that creates and controls every aspect of life in the bunker. What will you choose? Freedom or safety? Simon, what would you choose? 
probably safety in this setting. Not usually, but in this case, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, not everything is as it seems in this challenging mm-hmm. game where you must decide who to trust. Your decision will determine the fate of the story, the bunker, and maybe even humanity itself. It's been called an escape room delivered to your door where Fallout meets Alien. Earthbreak is a great way to get off of your phones and play with friends. Or if you prefer a solo adventure, you can interact with their online community to swap theories and help others out. That me. It me. (laughs) (laughs) High quality handcrafted clues get you lost in this post-apocalyptic world and make you feel like humanity truly is in your hands. So what I love about these subscription services is it really does get you away from the screen. And I talk about... My one and only co-op partner, especially according to these ladies, Jason. We play a lot of yeah. You don't you don't engage with other (laughs) co-op partners. He is your exclusive co-op partner. He's my legal (laughs) co-op partner. Yes, yes, yes. And so we play video games a lot together. But there's something about actually putting down because we have a table right in our uh, dining room, and that's like our go-to like tabletop or subscription service box, like this area. And we like to lay everything out. And then it's fun just sitting side by side, piecing stuff together, actually talking to one another about stuff rather than just like what's happening on the TV. And it's fun to piece together the clues. And I love escape rooms are one of my favorite things ever. And it really is like an escape room in a box because you get this box full of random stuff and you actually have to read through it and try to piece together the clues. We have a notebook where we have all of our little notes that we, you know, make sure we have them all written down in case something comes to us later. So it's really fun and it's a really cool way to interact and have a date night and you know, pour yourself an adult beverage if you like, and then you know, it, it helps the brain sometimes. Maybe not. Helps with the uh, the the analysis when all the clue when you get all the clues. No. Oh Just yeah, me. wine okay. brain, real good for that. Wine brain, real um, good for that. Is it wrong that my favorite part of this box is that it came with a refillable flask? No, that's also collapsible. It's like one of those like plastic ones that you can like sneak in like your pocket exactly but it's actually a clue <laughs> and that's what's so funny it is about a clue. It. it's a clue so right it's now a clue that you should be getting drunk right now and playing this box yeah there you go steimer perfect so right now just for our listeners you can go to earthbreak.com slash what's good for 25 percent off your first box they only accept 200 members per day so hurry to take advantage of this offer that's earthbreak.com slash what's good for 25 percent off of your first box earthbreak.com slash what's good can you survive the alien apocalypse that's a rhetorical question ladies and gentlemen we do have another fantastic sponsor on this episode and it's raycon so it's 2019 as we all know and everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds now before you go dropping hundreds of dollars on a pair you need to check out the wireless earbuds from raycon and i actually have mine right here uh my light is making it really hard to see um Raycon earbuds start at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbud on the market, and they sound just as amazing. So I want to take a second to show you guys these earbuds, and for all of our audio listeners, of course, you can find them at uh, buyraycon.com slash what's good. Um, so what I really love about these earbuds, because we all know that there's a bazillion different Bluetooth earbuds on the market these days, I have literal pediatric-sized ear canals. Like to the point where my audiologist is like, your ears are really small. <laughs> like they're freakishly small. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a hard time wearing these in-ear e- earbuds um, because it's really difficult to find earbuds that fit. And these are the first earbuds that have 
enough variety of their adjustable sizes that they actually fit my ears. And so it's been like a miraculous experience with these these earbuds. Uh, And not to mention, of course, that they they come in a variety of colors and they sound great as well. Uh, The company was actually co-founded by Ray J. Yes, that Ray J. And celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Cardi B, and even Melissa Etheridge are obsessed with these earbuds. You can find their stories on Instagram. (laughs) Raycon's E50 wireless earbuds, which are the ones that I'm holding here have totally changed the game for me. They're so comfortable and they're easy to take anywhere. And unlike some of the other wireless options out there, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet with no dangling wires or stems. And of course, they don't just look great, they sound great too. So I wanted to mention, though, I have the white ones here. Um, if you guys go to the website, uh, that, of course, is buyraycon.com slash what's good. They have a pink pair that's really cute. <laughs> yeah, the pink is really cute. Um, and so I might have to, I might have to get me the pink ones. Um, Raycon offers their wireless earbuds for everyone in a range of fun colors, as we just mentioned, and at an unbeatable price. And you guys, because you're listeners of What's Good Games, we are offering you 15% off of your order. So go to buy Raycon. So B U Y. R-A-Y-C-O-N dot com slash what's good for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. If you've been eyeing a pair, now is the time to get an amazing deal. One more time, buyraycon.com slash what's good. And they make great gifts too. All right, now let's talk about my mobile gaming addiction. <laughs> yeah, you've got, you've got a lot happening oh on God. here in the mobile universe. Maybe before we talk about my addiction, um, Britt has actually some really fun games that she's been playing that I want to hear about first. So, Brittany, <laughs> honestly, like I could take any of these three. You want to talk about Stranger Things? Steimer's highlighting Stranger Things. Three I'm like, I want like- to know if you like this. <laughs> okay. Is- I could talk about Stranger Things 3. So this game came out July 4th, and I had to copy and paste the little description because I know absolutely nothing about Stranger Things. I know nothing about the show. I know nothing about the characters. What drew me into this game was the fact that it looked like Zombies Ate My Neighbors, which is one of my favorite Super Nintendo titles of all time. So for those of you who don't know, this game is the official companion game to Season 3 of the hit original series. You play through familiar events from the series while also uncovering never-before-seen quests, character interactions, and secrets. The adventure game blends blends a distinctively retro art style with modern gameplay mechanics to deliver nostalgic fun with a new twist. And teamwork's important in this game. You can team up in local co-op to explore the world of Hawkins, solve puzzles, and battle the emerging evils of the upside down, whatever the hell that is, as one of 12 <laughs> beloved characters. Oh, no, 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 Brittany. <laughs> so this is what I wanted to talk about this because I, like I said, all I saw was the, the gameplay. I'm like, this looks like Zombies Ate My Neighbors. And then I was reading some reviews and some people said, kind of reminds me of Zombies Ate My Neighbors. And I said, sold. And I bought it. Um, I, I for, for not knowing anything of what's going on, I love this game. So it's so much fun and not knowing what's happening just makes it feel like it's a 1995 SNES game where the storytelling was crap anyway. And you just kind of had to piece together what you thought was going on. So what's interesting about it is you start with the two characters and I don't even fucking know their names. It's the, um, does it say on the description? It absolutely does, but there's so many of them. I can't keep track. Okay. Hold hold on. Let me look this game up. There's a kid, the kid who's dating 11. Mike, 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 yeah, Mike, yeah, Mike, Mike, and then hold on, let me find the other character. That's the guy Jason really likes playing as because he has a. Um, Is it Hopper? No, maybe. The I don't sh- know the the chief of police. No, 
Is it another child? Who is it? It's a child. Um, oh, I don't know his name. I'm so. Du- is he wearing a cap? Yes. Dustin? No, not Dustin. But we do oh. like him because he uses he uses an aerosol spray. Will? I can't remember. So yeah. So there's Will. Let's just go through all the names. Oh, oh is it Lucas? Lucas? Is that a character? Wait, Might be Lucas. Character. Lucas. Yeah, that's a character. That's the one he likes. I'm looking <laughs> at his uh, his game art right here. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. And so you just start with these two characters and there are, um, there's obviously like a main, you have your main missions and then you have errands. They're called errands that you can run, but they are essentially side quests. So your mom might be like, hey, go to the store and get me a hairdryer. And so then you have to like go to the store and get her a hairdryer and then you get money and then you can use that money to buy crafting materials. And then you have this huge list of things that you can craft and then you can equip four or five things at a time that act as, as passive buffs. So it has some interesting, deeper elements than obviously Zombies Ate My Neighbors did because this is a game that came out this year. Um, but it's it's very entertaining. I I wasn't sure what I would how I would feel about it, but you know you have these different areas. I think right now we have five different areas um, uncovered. There's the mall, Starcourt Mall, I think is what it's called. There's a mall. Yes. Okay, yeah. There's the mall. There's the suburbs. There's the pool area. There's a cabin area, and yep. it's Metroidvania in the sense that. The characters you unlock each have their own specific abilities. So I think Dustin's the hacker. So whenever you come across, um, you know, a, a panel, you have. And the game's great because it automatically switches to the characters that you need to complete the puzzle. So you don't have to worry about rotating through all of them. And then you do a little hacking mini game, and then you'll come across bolt cutters. And then it's some lady who worked at Melvin's or whatever. She now has bolt cutters, and now she can unlock the doors. You can go in the there. Mom. And, the mom. Yeah, so you it's fun to keep track and unlock the new characters because then you think, okay, I saw the bolt cutters there and there, and you go in there and there's silly little garden gnomes you have to collect, and you can get um, really good crafting materials to make those passive buffs. And all in all, it's just a really fun game. I was really surprised. That's really I'm good so to hear. I'm so excited. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited that it's fun because I remember when they first announced this, I was like, oh, that looks so lame. <laughs> Well, I mean, it depends I, if if you if you like retro style games, you know that do have that old school feel to it. Sure, I think I I enjoy it. That's because that's what it reminds me of. Obviously, I know nothing about Stranger Things, so there's no attachment to the story lore characters there, anything like that. Oh, Brittany, but, but Stranger Things is so good. No, Why aren't you watching it? We are planning to start watching it. That's the thing is seeing this, and, and I've heard that this game does have spoilers. Obviously, if it's a companion game, it makes sense for season three, but. I'm like, what is the upside down? What is the the mind flare? What a fl- I don't know what this shit is, but I'm like, this the is upside in- down is another dimension. Okay, yeah. And Eleven's weird as hell, and she's in this game, and I just got her. So it's she's got tele- telekinetic powers. Yeah, and her mom was experimented on or some shit. I don't know. This is just stuff I hear in the lo- I read in the loading screens, but it's got me interested enough to the point where Jason and I like we we don't watch TV shows, but besides just Judy and that's all me. But this is something that I definitely <laughs> I definitely want to start watching. I'm super intrigued by it and it has the kind of like the creepy music in the background. Not really creepy, kind of unsettling and it really sets the tone and the banter between the characters is hilarious. You can tell that a lot of care went into the writing. It's good. It's a, it's just a fun game, and you don't have to know what Stranger Things is to enjoy it. Just yeah, I, that's why I was curious. I'm like, how does she feel about this? Because I know she doesn't watch this or yeah. doesn't watch anything really. You are correct. 
I'm so happy that um, you played this without ha- n- knowing anything <laughs> about Stranger Things. Like, it, like I don't know why it makes me so happy because maybe because you'll get into Stranger Things now. Because John and I just finished season three because we've been watching it all together, and then he moved away, um, <laughs> and so we w- watched the finale together this last weekend, and. This season was so incredible. Like I've loved every season of Stranger Things, and I think that's right up your alley, Britt, because it's such a good mix of like spooky supernatural shit, mm. uh, and like, like retro a- shit, sci-fi. Yeah, because yeah. the game it takes place in the seventies, the in the eighties, eighties. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's you're gonna love the show, and maybe someday we'll do a spoiler cast on Stranger Things, um, but. Uh, the game looks, uh, I mean, it definitely looks super, super retro. It so looks like I'll, something uh, that I would play for a show. It's fun. Yeah. Maybe I'll download cool. this for my Comic-Con trip. Yeah. You can get there it on the go. Switch, girl. It's on every, literally every platform. PS4, Switch, Android, iOS, PC, Xbox. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. Okay, so now Here we I want to talk about... At dinner you. tower. <laughs> oh no! Um, so I'm just gonna do a quick follow up uh, um, from last week. So I talked about Lego Tower, and I have been obviously digging into it quite a bit more because I had just downloaded it because it was brand new last week, and now I have almost 20 levels in my tower, <laughs> and that's with me playing a decent amount throughout the day. But I'm not like. I'm not playing it an absurd amount. I've been to some people's towers who have like 70 or 80 towers, like levels in their tower, which is crazy. I don't know how they've gotten enough coins to buy that many levels. Um, they bought but, money. No, you can't. You can't oh, you buy, can't the buy levels. Oh, then no, I don't know. They're just can... playing, playing like a motherfucker. They're like you and playing at dinner. Well, you can pay to speed up deliveries, but you can't pay to speed up selling your inventory so like for example in my farmer's market level in my tiny tower i am selling bread and i have i've paid to upgrade the stock that i can hold on my level and so i have two times the inventory of like the basic level and so it says it sells out in three hours and 52 minutes there's no way for me to hurry that process like I can't sell the bread faster. It just takes three hours and fifty-two minutes, and then I can pay to restock it faster, so that way I can sell it uh, hypothetically faster. But there, you can't rush that process. So they really like this is, I think, a good example of a game that has microtransactions built in that don't feel egregious. They don't feel gross. They feel like they are complementary to the gameplay because they're like, listen, we're only going to allow you to pay for so much in this free-to-play game. The rest of the stuff, you just got to go through the motions of doing it. And I think that that is such a great example in contrast to the other game I'm playing. We'll I was about, about to say, I can't, <laughs> wait for, I can't wait for the next one you talk about. Um, and so this is just for fans of... Lego for fans of Tiny Tower. If you guys love what Nimblebit has done with Tiny Tower, Tiny Death Star, um, Tiny Vegas. If you've played any of the Nimblebit Tower games, I cannot recommend Tiny Tower or or Lego Tower enough. It's just like it's such a perfect pairing. And I discovered after the show last week that I can customize all of the residents in my tower. And at this point, I've got... How many minifigs? I've got 35 residents in my tower. 
and they each have four customizable parts. So they've got like a a hat or a hairpiece. Their face is customizable. Their 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 upper and then their lower body, and you can mix and match within everything in your collection. And it's just so much fun giving each of these little minifigures like a personality and designing them and collecting pieces. And then so this is where microtransactions come in. You can buy bucks and then the bucks allow you to buy like a blind pack of parts. And so you can buy a pack and then it's like you get eight pieces and the random pieces in it like is part of a collecting system. Just like with Legos, uh, Lego packs and minifig blind packs in the real world. And I've just been having I've just been having a blast with it. And I tweeted out that I got a banana hat, and so I now have Banandria Renee in my tower. What is Banandria Renee in charge of? Um, well, I just in charge of the lobby, so I just oh. am there to like greet people. I'm like You're the just major like, I'm the like tower. the host of the tower. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I... So I just like hang out in the lobby. I walk around, but then I go and visit other people's towers. So they have a friend system in the game. I saw so... you visiting someone's tower when we were yeah. together. Yeah, so I have a bunch of friends now, and I'll tweet. I'll tweet again my friend code. <laughs> you, if you did it before. <laughs> um, I'll actually I'll post it on the subreddit on the What's Good Games subreddit. So if you guys want to be friends in Tiny Tower or in uh, Lego Tower, uh, we can be friends. And so essentially, having friends is good because every time you visit someone's tower, you tip them ten bucks, and so that ten bucks is now free for them to upgrade or to rush a delivery, or they can buy a pack of. Once they get enough bucks, they can buy a pack of uh, pieces and they can use the bucks however they want. It's a really nice way to encourage people to be social in the game and give them a free in-game currency that you otherwise would have to pay real-world money for. And I just have always been a fan of these games and it's just been a lot of fun and I'm just... I'm just loving I'm just loving playing this game. It's like... It feels so dumb because like I take it out just to like refresh the stock on some of my towers and I was at like a lunch meeting the other day and like the other person took a call really quickly. And so I just like whipped out my phone and was like, let me just update my towers. <laughs> I was watching you play this last night at dinner and I was I was trying to understand it. I, I still don't quite understand it. But seeing you so gleeful and happy makes me happy. So I support you, baby girl, in all of I your mean, endeavors. Thank you. It's essentially a management sim yeah. is what this game is. It's like you're, it's a sim. Oh, you have- look what I downloaded. Oh, wait. No, it's not showing up. Oh, good! I was yeah, like, download it because I, mean, well, I saw I saw you playing it when we were together. We were together a decent amount over the weekend, um, and you'd pull out your phone discreetly at times and check this game. <laughs> and I was like, "What are you doing over what there? What are you doing over there? <laughs> Just you know, stalking my tower, um, visiting people." Uh, But it's cool because with the friend system, uh, you get to collect pieces. And so let's say I open a photo studio level on my tower. You want to place minifigs there that the photo studio is their dream job. But, you know, it's kind of a it's a RNG as to who's going to move into your tower. And so what you can do is you can request from your friends, hey, I'm looking for somebody who wants a photo studio as a dream job. So maybe instead of a photo studio in their tower, they have a sushi bar. And so they are like, I don't know what to do with this person who wants to work in a photo studio. So they can send it to a friend. And so you can swap your minifigs. And it's a really cool system to be like, hey, I don't need this minifig right now. And so instead of just evicting them from your tower, which I do a fair amount. Be gone. (laughs) You can send them to a friend and it helps them out. And then you can ask for pieces back. And then they have a whole create a care or um, convert a character system. So they have characters from the Lego um, IP 
where you can collect specific like legendary I'm using air quotes because that's not what they're called but they're like special pieces and then you can create these characters that are designed by the Lego team and so you can be like oh I'm missing the the pants piece for this character and you can request that piece from your friends and if somebody gets like two or three of the same piece they can send one to you and it's just like a really cool like swapping system to be able to encourage you to collect pieces and play with others and it's fun. So I'll start a I'll start a subreddit in um in the What's Good Games and I'll, maybe I'll even start a channel in the Discord. So if you guys are playing Lego Tower and you want to like make friends and swap friend codes, <laughs> hit me up. Swap <laughs> minifig butts. Yeah, minifig butts. So, uh, all right. um yeah, I really want to talk hear about about yeah. 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 Okay, okay. So the game that is not as fun to play when it should be, and I'm very mad about it because I love this game, um, is Dr. Mario World. So this game came out last week, and or maybe the week before, technically, but I downloaded it last week. And I, at the time when we recorded the show, I hadn't yet spent enough time with the game to see the microtransactions in play. I have now spent a decent amount of time with the game, and boy, oh boy, <laughs> did the microtransactions suck in this game. And I am so frustrated because Nintendo has such an amazing stable of IP and they could do really cool things with a game like Dr. Mario because it like really combines that match three puzzle strategy that's so popular with other mobile games like Candy Crush, for example. And they could really hook people because it's Dr. Mario and they actually have done some really cool game design in the puzzle making. But the way that the heart system works is just egregious to the point where it makes me angry <laughs> and I'm fucking sad about it. <laughs> so obviously Dr. Mario is another free game. You can download it. Anybody can try it out. You start with your first 60 minutes with unlimited hearts. So the hearts are a part of the time management system that gates you when you fail a level. And you can fail a level in a variety of ways. It's like, you know, your standard Dr. Mario gameplay, right? Um, the key here, though, is that unlike traditional Dr. Mario, you don't get unlimited capsules to clear viruses with. You get a set amount of capsules to use to clear the level. And that, to me, I think is really the tough part here and where the gate really comes into play is that even if you can figure out how to solve the level without like, you know, screwing yourself, because really you're your own worst enemy in Dr. Mario. Every time that I've messed something up, it's because I didn't hit the button the right way at the right time. And I put the pill in the wrong spot, you know, and you only have five times to screw up in Dr. Mario. And that's really sucks because, you know, if you want to sit down and have like a nice like 30 or 45 minute session, if you get stuck on a particular level or if you're just having an off day where you have like, you know, like fingers, butterfingers, like I get sometimes when I'm playing these mobile games, like it gates you out right away. And then you have to pay money immediately for more hearts. And they, the way that they've done the heart system with the microtransactions is that you there's no way to pay to unlock hearts permanently. And even if you pay to unlock hearts for another 60 minutes, it just feels like you're paying constantly. Mm -hmm. And it, I'm just like, I, I don't know how to get around it. I mean, I guess they have one way to maybe 
kill some time while you're playing or waiting for hearts is the versus mode, which I've also tried. And it's not bad. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting. I haven't played enough of versus to see how the matchmaking is on a consistent basis. But I'm going to be clear. I don't want to play versus. I don't want to play PvP in Dr. Mario. I just want to do puzzles by myself and have like the soothing um, nature of clearing the viruses from the from the world and having the toads be all happy that I've cleared the viruses. <laughs> and just I just want to play Dr. Mario on my phone. That sucks. <laughs> so how much does it cost to refill the hearts? So there's a variety of, of ways to do this. So you can ask for hearts from your friends. Mm. Which is like, okay, I guess technically you, you can do that. Or you can pay for hearts and diamonds. So 60 oh. minutes of infinite play is 30 diamonds. You can buy a pack of diamonds, of 20 diamonds, of course. They don't conveniently make a pack of 30 diamonds. Um, they make a pack of 20 diamonds for one ninety nine. So at a minimum, in order to buy unlimited hearts for... 60 minutes, you have to buy 40 diamonds, which is $4 for 60 minutes of that's, unlimited play. That's a lot. <laughs> wow. Now, yeah. So when I originally saw the monetization, I was like, well, you know, it's all about the, t- the, the time sink. And if you think your time is worth it, when I was talking about it on Games Daily, I was like, you know, think about how much you pay for a coffee, like a Starbucks latte, like, even like a tall latte is like four or five bucks, depending on which city you live in, right? Like, does that latte bring you as much joy as 60 minutes of Dr. Mario would? Uh, you so, know, it's like, so you really have to ask yourself, like, what is your time worth and how much you want to spend? And I still hold true to that. I still think like you as a your the manager of your own money needs to decide. But the thing that I thought the longer and longer I played and the more egregious it felt was it just felt like it kept asking me for money just to play the game. And it didn't really provide me with an option to keep playing or to buy things that made me feel good. Like spending money in Lego Tower makes me feel good <laughs> like in a way that I can't explain. And it's probably because you can do so much of that game without ever spending money. And they've made the gameplay loop at the beginning so much fun because they give you five days of Tower Club access. So that's five days for free to like get unlimited customizations and to play as much as you want and to get a discount and everything else. That to me is a nice big chunk of I get to practice this game versus 60 minutes, which is what you get with Dr. Mario to test it out and see if you like this game. So is the, now, 60, I, sorry, is the 60 minutes like as soon as you get that 60 minutes, it just runs. And if you don't play it, you lose it. No. So okay. it like so it ticks off your time. So okay. it's not like a, a countdown timer or once you've started it, you have like a, a consecutive like it's a, a cumulative. So if I play 15 minutes here, mm. 10 minutes here, whatever, like it. It, uh, it doles it out. And I believe that's the same for when you buy the hearts as well. And that's that's all fine. However, what I've noticed, and I'm only, by the way, at level 35. So pretty early on in the game. I've only cleared one one whole area so far. So there's a lot of game left to go. Within the first like 15 levels, they, of course, introduce added stuff you can buy just like candy crush you can buy booster items like you can buy more super ability you can buy additional capsules which i'm like "Mm -hmm, i don't like this i don't (laughs) like that you're making me pay for extra capsules it's a bullshit um and then there's other items that you can buy as well to help you in your quest something also that wasn't explicitly explained is that you get to choose a doctor 
And so there's a bunch of doctors and a, a bunch of assistants. And of course, I picked Dr. Peach. Peach is my bae. I love Peach. She's great. If you're going to pick a doctor, I'm like, Dr. Mara is cool, but Dr. Peach is better. Did not realize, because the game never once told me, that each doctor has a special ability that's unique to that character, which is cool, but the game didn't say, yo, be careful when you choose your doctor, because you just can't, like, swap out your doctor whenever you want. <laughs> and I'm just like... I, What's I thought this Peach's game... special ability? So she... So I, I honestly don't fully understand it yet, but I think what it does is it clears a row, a vertical row of viruses, but it's random. So it's not like you can use her special to like pick a, a row that is like blocking you or being troublesome to the rest of the rows you're trying to clear. Like it just is like RNG, like this mm-hmm. is the row that we're going to clear. And so it could be really beneficial or it could do literally nothing. <laughs> so is it possible right, to switch yeah. your doctor? Um, so I think so, but every time I've gone in to try mm-hmm. to switch my doctor, it's like, you don't have any other doctors. So let me go to staffing here. <laughs> like, what do you mean? You don't have Dr. Oh, Mario? Yes, I can pay. So if I go to see Toad here. Oh, yeah. Uh, Who the Toad fuck says, wants Dr. Toad, though? For 40 diamonds, so for another $4, or for 4,000 coins, which are the, the ones that you you earn in-game, which you earn over time. Right now I have about 7,000 coins. Um, I can choose to change my staff and i just think that it i'm just like why do i have to pay to change my my character like why can't i just like swap the character and play with a different character you've already made the game difficult enough with the puzzle mechanic with the match three and the the touch screen is really neat but you boy you got to be careful because if you don't if you're not very precise with where you're moving the the capsules around once you've moved it up vertical it cannot go back down. Hmm. So if you are like, oh shit, I've overshot the the virus that I'm trying to clear by even one row, you're fucked. Like you you let go and then you're done. Like I've had to like just force quit a bunch of levels um, or force fail because um, I just had like a bad row of RNG uh, capsules coming out that were all like blues and yellows and I had like a red that I needed to clear. And like I think the RNG nature of Dr. Mario makes the puzzle part of it really fun, but the way that they've blocked your progress through failure by money is is just it's sad to me. It makes me it makes me it makes my heart hurt a little bit. Nintendo, why you do this to me? Now I have to quit playing Dr. Mario because you made it because you, you keep expensive. asking me for friggin' money. Stop it. Yeah. Dude, like, let me let me just play. Let me just play. Go ahead and sell booster items if you want. But like let me keep failing for free if I pay like a fee just to unlock hearts. Like so mm-hmm. the thing that I would love to see, I think the thing that would make this less egregious is if the price to unlock hearts um was either lower or you got to unlock them for a longer amount of time or you got to increase the maximum amount of hearts that you can hold cuz right now you can only hold 5 hearts maximum. Huh. It. it makes me feel icky. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I feel icky. It, it definitely feels like old mobile game design. Yeah. Yeah. Nintendo. When they were like, this is the way to do it. This is the only way people would ever give you money. And you're like, huh. that's not necessarily true. You want to find a monetization system, like you said, in Lego Tower that makes the purchaser feel good about purchasing because then they are inclined to keep purchasing because you're like, oh, that felt good. Instead of like, ah, shit, I guess I got a fucking pay this asshole over here like it shouldn't feel like taxes it should feel like buying yourself a present 
Yeah, and yeah. I mean, as much money as I put into Pokemon Go, granted, a stupid amount of money. Thankfully, I you know I didn't kick us out of house and home. I don't feel I don't regret it because that was an incredibly fun summer, and I felt like I was doing it because I wanted to, not that I like needed to to continue playing. So there's there's definitely a difference there. Also, I heard that the uh, Mario Kart mobile game, what's it called, Mario Kart? What's I don't even know. What World it's, Tour, I World, think it is. I heard that one's also pretty gnarly with its microtransactions and whatnot. So Nintendo, get your shit together. I love you. It's so fixable. It's yeah. like so so fixable, and I don't know. If they're just getting, they're just working with bad partners in the mobile space or what, but like, it's just a huge bummer. Uh, and I think I am particularly upset about Dr. Mario because this is one of my favorite Nintendo games of all time. And it's such a perfect game for mobile devices. It's a puzzle game. It like, you just like open it, you play for a few minutes and then you put it away. And like, I don't know, it just feels. This is like a, a an example of egregious microtransactions, in my opinion, as somebody who plays quite a few mobile games with microtransactions, and it just bums me out. I'm mm-hmm. bummed. Bad. It so. reminds me of when Peggle used to be on iOS or mobile, whatever. Peggle Blast? Yeah. yeah and then Tim they, and I talk about it all the time, about how bad that was, too. Yeah, and then they took it down, and then they put up Peggle Blast or whatever it was called, and then they come, oh, so stupid. Makes me so mad. Anyway. Yeah. Rubber, and rubber, I'm rubber. And I'm all for you know, games having microtransactions and like supporting ongoing dev development as long as they keep adding stuff to the game. Like that's fine. But like if you, if I can't play your game for more than an hour or two and then I hit this wall, then you've now like lost me as a customer. There's over 300,000 games on the iOS app store alone, not even counting what's on the Android store. And you have such a small window of time to hook hook players in and to get them to wanting to be wanting to spend money mm-hmm. and you're done goof that's why i stopped playing i tried yes. harry potter hogwarts mystery but they did the same sort of thing and it was real bad but i stopped that deal yeah. don't do it fools yeah yeah anyway that's all i have to say about that i'm probably still gonna like open it up from time to time play with my five hearts and then sadly <laughs> say goodbye <laughs> Because I just won't, I just won't pay. Do your money hearts to unlock infinite hearts? Regenerate over time or no? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think it's like um like thirty minutes or forty five minutes or something like that. But so basically, you and, play for an hour, you wait an hour, you play for an hour, you yeah. wait an hour. Pretty much, and on top of that, the mobile connectivity having to always be connected to a network is so dumb. A lot of games have that, and I'm not saying that there shouldn't be. Uh, a check-in periodically even like lego tower has plenty of parts of the game where you have to be connected online to in order to participate uh but they should have an option where you can do some of the game offline you can't like you cannot play dr mario if you're not connected to a connection and that sucks too because it's like well why don't i just why don't you just let me play a couple levels you know and then when i need to refresh my hearts or if i need to buy items for the from the shop or whatever then i obviously have to get connected or obviously if i'm going to pvp but anyway I'm done being mad about it. I'm just sad. I'm sad. No, Dr. Mario. Um, okay, Brittany, let's let's talk about something happier, can we? Yeah, yeah, Riverbond. Let's talk about Okay, good. Let's talk about Riverbond. This is a very quirky, unique little game. So this is developed and published by Coco Cucumber. Came out um last month. It's $25. It's on PC, Xbox One PC, PS4, Xbox One PC, and it's free on Game Pass. So 
This is a couch co-op game up to four players, and it's that what's that that term that people use to describe it? Well, it starts with a V. It's all pixelated looking, but it starts with a V, like V O something. I already forgot what it looks like. Anyway, it looks like Minecraft. That's like the best way to kind of Minecraft esque. Hmm. What's that? I don't know. I don't know what this term is that you're Vol 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 Voxel Vol. Hold on. Yes. All my brain goes to is Voxel. Ve- vo- vexel Vexel V O X E L. Voxel? Voxel. Vexel. I don't Voxel know. Voxel game. There we go. That's the term all the cool kids are using. So I thought I would adopt it, but not even pretend to be like a cool kid and like I knew what the fuck it was. Anyway. So yeah, it's it's a it's a hack and slash slash little shooter. It's a really simple game. There's like three different things you can do in it. You can jump, you can slash with your melee weapon, you can switch over to your ranged weapon. And it's so quirky and weird. And there's the skins in this game. You can play as an eggplant. You can be a donut. You can be a pug. You can be a piece of bacon if you'd like. There are all these really wacky skins that you can be. And then the, the weapons you use are like lollipops or other food items. Just as crazy. And each there's eight to ten levels total. And each level takes you maybe 20 to 30 minutes. They're each themed after different, you know, maybe you're in the woods. Maybe you're in a dungeon. Maybe you're in like a desert area. And it looks real pretty to look at. It's fun to play. I can only do one level at a time, though, because it's it's fine. Not worth the $25, I would say, unless you really want to find a game that's so incredibly simple that probably anyone can pick it up and play it. Probably a great game if you have a child, if you have a significant other who is just like, hey, I want to play these things called video games. It's like, this is really easy. There's like three buttons you need to learn how to press. Um, but after one level, I need to take a break because it's just the same sort of formula over and over again. So each level, you have maybe three different stages. You have to maybe find notes or you have to find the key. And then at the end of that, you move on to the next area. And then the, finally, you get to the boss. And the boss fights are, you know, they're fine. They're fun. It's it's a cute game. It's charming. It's fun to play with another person. But I think the $25 price point is a little too high. But it's free on Game Pass. Well, free on Game Pass. It's available on Game Pass. And that's how I would recommend playing it if you are interested in this game. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It's cute. Cool. Yeah, it's just a silly little, like, you know, Jason's always the, the donut and I'm always the eggplant. And it's kind of a silly combination, actually, if you think about it. <laughs> um, yeah. When you think or about is it. it. Or, or is it. Or is it. That's the real question, Simon. <laughs> or is it. But yeah, I mean... It's definitely a feel-good, you know, mood booster game. It's silly. You're going to laugh a lot. There's treasure chests to find. There's coins to collect. You know, you can demolish almost anything in the game, and it's all cute because it's all pixely, and so the pixels go flying everywhere. There are characters you can talk to. I think there is some semblance of a story, but I don't really pay attention because it's just not that kind of game that I care about. But uh, it's a good picker-upper and player. It's cute, It's you know, but it's not... I guess I'm a little disappointed because I thought it would be a little bit more than that. Um, when I remember when this game was first announced, I was all excited because it kind of reminded me from what we were shown, like a 3D dot game heroes, but co-op Now, 3D dot game heroes was a PlayStation three game. So much fun. It was basically like the legend of Zelda link to the past, but in 3D dot heroes, but this doesn't have the intricate dungeon crawling. It doesn't have the skill set. It doesn't have like the upgradable weapons. I mean, there are weapons that you find, like the lollipop might do more damage than like the sword that you found, but it's you lose at each level that you uh, finish. You lose all your stuff and you move on to the next one. But it's cute. It's fine. Capital nice. F fine. Yeah. Capital F, F fine. I, lo- 
I love that you're using that now. I, yep. Yeah, I, you, you said it last <laughs> night and it resonated with me. And I'm like, that's a good one. Because <laughs> some things are just capital F, F fine. <laughs> yeah, and that's not necess- That's like not a bad thing. No, yeah. I plan on finishing it. fine. Yeah, just, you know, one level, one level a day. That's my quota. That's good. Mm-hmm. Chip away. And, uh, and Steimer has been playing the game of workouts. Oh my god! Yeah, if you yes. go to Patreon dot com slash What's Good Games, she has a vlog where she talks all about that kind of stuff. Yes, I do. But if you want it for free, here is the TLDR <laughs> yeah. version, which is I started going from two days a week to basically five. Uh, and I know that some people work out every day and like whatever, but I don't, and I never have. Even I'm like even when I played soccer, I don't think I worked out this much. Um, and so I'm in the struggle state. I'm on the struggle bus <laughs> where I already I want to go to bed. You may have caught me yawning a few times already. Like I'm wiped. It's too much working out for me, but I'm <laughs> doing it to be stronger. And hopefully this is only week three. So, you know, I've still got quite a ways to go. <laughs> but you got this. Yeah. Yeah. You'll build up that resistance and then you'll start looking for ways to challenge your body because your body will be like, cool, we've plateaued on to the next challenge. Yes, exactly. But so for right now, I've been honestly like too fucking tired to do anything but go to work. I get up, work out, go to work, come home, go to sleep. That's my mm-hmm. life. I'm excited for when you can just carry me around everywhere because you're going to be so strong. You can yes. just like throw me over your like shoulder like a sack of potatoes. Strong then, like bull. Yeah. Yeah. And then I don't even need a bodyguard. I can just like fucking keep you with me everywhere. Yes, ma'am. Girl. I can be safe. Yes, you will. For a, for a second, I thought you were going to say you can throw me over your shoulder like a continental soldier. Do your ears hang low? Do they wobble? Do they wobble? Can you tie Can you tie them in a knot? Can you tie them in a bow? Can you throw me over your shoulder like a continental soldier? Do your ears hang low? Okay, uh-huh. that's enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Sorry, so unfortunately, <laughs> I have nothing to contribute to this this week. But I do think uh, I might download that Stranger Things business on my switcheroo and play some this weekend because I finally have like a few days off mm-hmm. uh, this weekend for Comic-Con. So I'm like, woo. You should. It's a good chill, it's a chill game. It's yeah, and idea, I have Lego man. Tower now. Woo. Yeah. I will send yeah, you dude. some send you some friends, Andrea. <laughs> Yay! I'll help you too. I'll help you build your tower to greatness. I'm gonna build a baby tower. It's baby gonna be small, tower. like and me. You can, you can pick the color of the bricks of each of the levels. Ooh, it's like so cool. I just love this game so much. <gasps> oh my god! And I know that there will come a day when I'm like, okay, I've reached my maximum of yeah, what I can do with this your tower. Your fun meter will peak. I've, Yes. And then I will abandon my tower and all of my residents. <laughs> I will do the same happens. thing. Yeah. That, yeah. I'm similar where it's like, I'll get into something like this because I do like management sims generally. Um, really hardcore for a little bit. And then I'm like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. 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 But and that doesn't mean that the time was alone. wasted. They it's can, true. they'll be fine. It's like all of my cats and my dogs like that. Well, they don't exist because that computer doesn't exist anymore. But we're oh, just deep. like chilling, <laughs> you know, in the back end of the computer files waiting to be played with. Yeah, they're still alive. Or something. Still alive. 
Probably not. Well, there you go. I'm not even All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap it up for us this week here at What's Good Games. We hope that you enjoyed the show today. If you like what we do and you want to support What's Good Games, or maybe you just want to get the show ad-free, patreon.com slash what's good games is the place to do all of that, whether you have two bucks or ten bucks or more. We have lots of options for membership over at patreon.com slash what's good games. Please do check them out. As we mentioned earlier in the show, we will be doing our streams in just a couple of weeks. And if you want information on the cool giveaway we're doing with Polyarch and Moss for that Twilight Garden poster and code, of course, head on over there as well. We didn't announce it yet, but now we can confirm that, yes, What's Good Games Live will be a panel at PAX West. Okay. We got the confirmation. It's very exciting. We will be having our panel at 7 p.m. Sunday night in the Hydra Theater. That means that, yes, it will be live streamed on Twitch, which is super exciting for us. Um, So if you guys are going to be at PAX, we will have more details about the What's Good Games meetup that's happening there. Uh, We don't have anything to announce about that yet, but it is happening, and it's going to be happening on Friday. That's all I can say at this time. Because I'm cooking up some really cool stuff. It's going to be really fun. Mm-hmm. Cooking. Um, and then um, hopefully we'll um, see lots of you folks over at PAX. But if you're not going to be at PAX, we'll be recording the panel like we did at PAX East. And, of course, you can always tune in and watch it live, which is cool. Um, not every year or every show do we get the opportunity to be in one of the live streaming panel rooms. So it's uh, truly a pleasure whenever uh, PAX lets us do that. So we're pumped for that. Um, and I think that's all. I think that's all I have to say about that. That's a, that's a good thing to say about that. Right. I'm dead. Yeah. All right, go to sleep. Go play games. Have a great weekend. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.